Here's the thing. Open your eyes. Open your eyes! <laughs> you read this? In this tape recorder. Go. I have had a great privilege. I have seen with wonder and awe the strength of the red dragon. All I wrote about him were lies. Will Grant made me write them to pull him into a trap in Washington, District of Columbia. Will Graham, you will learn from my own lips how much you have to dread because I was forced to lie. He will be more merciful to me than to you. You will lie awake in fear of what the red dragon will do. I will be a testament to the truth of this. You did very well. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hello. We're back in business. We are back in business. We skipped last week because I had a really big, ugly paper due. Yes. Um, and I had an exam yesterday, and I have an exam on Tuesday, but we decided to hell with it. We're making a podcast. Oh, yeah. You only live once. Make a podcast. And That's the name of the podcast is How Have You Not Seen This? How Haven't You Seen This? No, that's not what it's called. Shit. How have you not seen this? It's a podcast where a husband and wife, that's us, hi. Hi. We take turns showing each other movies the other person hasn't seen yet. Yes, I'm Tracy. I'm Daniel. I mean, you get it. You get it. You've Literally, if you're one of our six listeners, you already know who we are. Even if you're new, I feel like it's a super easy concept. It really is. Like, how do you you not get that? That's our next podcast. Yeah. Just explaining this one. How did (laughs) you not get that? How did you not get that? Exactly. I uh, I don't know what's going on. Yes, so today we are back, and it was my turn to show yes. Tracy a movie, and I chose 1986's Manhunter, directed by Michael Mann. Which is not the same thing as Man Eater by Hollow Notes. Oh, no. But they're good in different ways. Indeed. There is there is there is reference to some man eating. Don't make me choose. <laughs> Don't make me choose between my children right in front now of you. Now I really want there to be a music video with Hannibal Lecter dancing around to man eating. Oh, that's fucked up. She's a man eater. That's fucked up. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So Manhunter, uh, Came out, like I said, in 1986. It's based on the novel Red Dragon by Thomas Harris. It was the movie that introduced people to Hannibal Lecter, mm-hmm. not Silence of the Lambs. Mm-mm. Easy to forget because Silence of the Lambs is an amazing movie. And Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, like, iconic performance. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that thing swept awards. Huge. It's, it's an amazing movie. Still holds up. Yeah. So it's oh, easy to... Totally holds up. It's easy to forget, especially because the... Dr. Lecter. The sequels they made to it continue to use Hopkins as Lecter. Yes. So that becomes... When you think of the movie character Hannibal Lecter, you think Anthony Hopkins. But actually, the first one was Brian Cox to play it in this movie several Who years earlier. was fucking sublime. Yes. So... Brian Cox... I salute you. So do you want to know how I have not seen this? Or do you want to tell a lot of the story? How have you not seen this? Uh, I did not. It's just, it was literally one of those that I was like, I just haven't gotten around to it. So that's a really boring 
example. It's a really boring story, and that's why I want to just get it out there. I've read the book. Mm -hmm. I've seen Red Dragon, and I've seen Hannibal's version of it, the TV show, Brian Fuller's TV show, Hannibal's version of it. So I was like, I don't really need to see this again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's why. Yeah, that's it's you made a good point because you said you'd seen Red Dragon. This movie was made into a movie again in 2002 called Red Dragon starring Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. I know. So, because it's a uh, it's set before the events of Silence of the Lambs. Uh Red Dragon the novel came out first and it introduced the character of Hannibal Lecter and so this was the first screen introduction, but then Sansa Lambs became so popular that they were like, let's go back and remake that earlier story. We'll call it a prequel, and we'll just bring Hopkins back because we can just sell the movie on him, which makes total sense. Yep. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Red Dragon uh, was the novel. It was turning into the movie Manhunter. Uh, it's about an FBI profiler named Will Graham who is called in to help track down a serial killer, this guy who's mm-hmm. who's committing awful, grotesque murders. Basically, what what's happening is there's somebody who's committing home invasions and brutally murdering the 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 people inside, and he's breaking mirrors when he gets into the home, and then like inserting slivers of the mirrors into the eyes of the women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is gnarly mm-hmm. and real bad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he's called in to try and profile this guy and figure out how they can track him. They realize this guy is operating on a lunar cycle, and so he strikes every full moon. So they've had a couple of murders. They bring him in. They say, "Hey, we got like three weeks to track the guy down before the next killing." So that's your timeline. So one thing that Will Graham does is he decides to use Hannibal Lecter, the convicted cannibal that he helped catch and who attacked him previously as a resource for research it's a similar thing to what happens in Sons of the lambs where they they say we're trying to track down a guy let's talk to hannibal lecter get his perspective obviously Sons of the lambs much more heavily involves the character of hannibal lecter and even features of course uh, a plot around him trying to escape and eventually spoiler for a 30 year old movie escaping but this movie is is not about that mainly hannibal lecter is a smaller role but still used as that that resource, that and research. And still goddamn terrifying. And still really, really fucking terrifying. You came here to look at me to get the old scent back again, didn't you? I want your opinion. I don't have one right now. Well, when you have one, I'd like to hear it. Can I keep this? I haven't decided yet. I'll study them. When you get more files, I'd like to see them too. You can call me when I have to call my lawyer. They'll bring me a telephone. Would you like to leave me your home phone number? Do you know how you caught me, Will? Goodbye, Dr. Lecter. You can leave messages for me at the number on the phone. Do you know how you caught me? The reason you caught me, Will, is because you're just a liar. You want the scent? Smell yourself. So it's about Will Graham trying to track this guy down. Will Graham is played in the movie by uh, William Peterson, who your parents know from CSI. Who I know from CSI. What are you talking about? Sorry, was that, was that a burn? love me some Bill Peterson. Is that an unintentional say, burn? Let me say, if somebody had done something with that man's hair, I would not have been kicking him out of bed. He looked good. Baby Bill Peterson, what's up? Call me. He is handsome in this movie. He's in his early 30s, and his haircut is very bad. It is so bad. It manages to be both flat and wide. 
Yeah, it's awful. Like it smooshes on the front, but it has wings. The man's got a body that won't quit. Damn. The man had calves. I'll tell you that. Oof. I'll tell you that he had calves. And I, I can say that because I've got calves. Yeah, and I know how to judge a man's calves. Yeah, you do. Mine are just killer. Can I add something that I think is really important about Will Graham? Absolutely. Um, he is super damaged, um, which is why they had to call him in. Like he was, he gave up the life of being an FBI profiler, um, because he had this whole backstory where he killed a guy and in Hannibal, the show really gets into it, but he killed a guy and then he discovered who, um, uh, Hannibal Lecter was and Hannibal Lecter basically, I mean, he gutted him like it's really gnarly and, Will had to spend a lot of time in the hospital and then the psychiatric hospital because the way that he profiles killers is he gets in their head and different renditions of this show it different ways. Um, and we can talk about that, but like he, he gets in their head and his problem with in the movie, his problem with Lecter was that he couldn't like get out of it. And so he had to be in a psychiatric ward for a while. And so when his boss played by Dennis Farina. What, what? The man. Uh, comes to be, well, he's not his boss. His ex-boss comes and he's like, hey, I need you to do this. He's like, I'm sorry. Wh- what, where, where was I? Like, I was, I look at my stomach and I was in a hospital and get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. So that was like, it's important because he's fragile. Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a very fragile um, uh, guy, emotionally damaged, a little unstable sometimes. So he's <laughs> yeah. he's getting back into the headspace of these killers and it's like messing with him again emotionally. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the show Hannibal because obviously the show Hannibal oh, made on Hannibal. because of the popularity of the Hannibal Lecter movies. So this particular story that's in the movie Manhunter about this character, Will Graham, pursuing this particular character named Francis Dollarhide, the killer, has now been portrayed on screen big and small, several times in Manhunter, the remake Red Dragon, and it was detailed, as you said, in the show Man. Uh, sorry, the show Hannibal. And I've seen all three. Yeah. So I think that I'm very equipped to talk about them. What's, what's your favorite rendition of the story? Um. Oh, shit. Uh, my favorite rendition... Okay, if we're going to go by the book, like, I think that the second... I think that the Red... I think Red Dragon is... is closest to the book the movie red dragon the movie red dragon i think they were the most um what's the word i'm looking for Uh, faithful faithful thank you to the book uh brian fuller goes off the rails as he does in the in his brian fuller like good way in hannibal but it's in a way that you expect because you've seen this sure um and and i i loved it because i love that show i love that show you do love you some hannibal yes uh daniel's friend angelina was a producer and writer i believe she was a producer and a writer i know she was a writer Mm -hmm. and it was a fantastic i mean it was fantastic but uh they definitely took it in a much more fantastical um lots of um visions and things and that was not at all in the book in in the book Molly, the wife of Will Graham, she actually kills Francis Dollarhide at their house. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's not this weird, and we'll talk about it, it's not the way it happens in Manhunter, which is so 80s. God, this movie is so 80s, you guys. It's like, I told Daniel last night, it's like uh, uh, Michael Mann was like, get me six completely white houses, and that's all I need. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's very <laughs> 80s. And I mean, it, so it, it's Michael Mann in the 80s. And he'd made a, a few films before this, but not that many. Um, his his biggest one, you know, his big kickoff, uh, not his first film, but the big one that launched him was probably Thief in 1981 with James Caan. Also a good movie. Jimmy Caan. That I should show you. Ooh. Then he did The Keep in 83, which was, was troubled, and then Manhunter in 86. And then, you know, Michael Mann takes a bit of a break. Then he comes back with Last of the Mohicans in 92, oh. Heat in 95, yeah. The Insider in 99. Amazing. And then Ali in 2000, Collateral 04. So you can, when you think about those later titles, you can see that Michael Mann style start to Absolutely. really, um, you know, solidify. But he brings a lot of that vibe, and he, he uh, the cinematographer in this, Dante Spinotti, who worked with him in a lot of other movies as well, has a very, um, that Michael Mann feel is still very present in a lot of the framing and the lights and just the blues and greens and hues. It's very, yes. very 80s and synthy and very Michael Mann. thought at the beginning especially when i saw de laurentis i thought i was going to see vangelis in the titles because that was the music was very much like that except when they got to like the rock mm -hmm. and it was like this slow dirty rock and i was like what is happening it is a little bit like that it's it's very vangelis flavored it's very 80s i don't think this is michael mann's you know masterpiece no but it was but it's still i think very interesting and worth seeing just because of its, sure. its place in both his filmography and in the Hannibal Lecter fictional canon, you know, it's neat to see. I think that you should be able to pick your favorite. I also mm -hmm. would like to add uh, Edward Norton, who plays Will Graham in The Red Dragon, mm -hmm. not my favorite Will Graham. I just wanted to say that when I said that that was my favorite movie, that was my favorite movie in, in canon. Your like, depiction of the story. Depiction of the story. Like, but... Not my favorite. Your favorite would be the guy from the show. Hugh Dancy. Oh, yeah, that's his me. name. Hugh Dancy was amazing. Mm -hmm. Although, I don't know. I think you could have thrown Baby Bill in and it would have been amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I also love uh, my favorite uh, Jack is Fishburne. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne from the show. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Brian Fuller just Although, like, all the major Jack Crawfords have all been great because you've got Lawrence Fishburne in the show. You had uh, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel mm -hmm. in uh, Red Dragon. In Red Dragon, that's right. And you had Dennis Farina here, and then you had oh. Sounds of the Lambs. Uh, oh, Scott you had Glenn. Oh, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn was Jack Crawford in Sounds of the Lambs. Yeah, that's tough. We should have a we should have like a a, a poll where we're like, who's your favorite solid. Jack Crawford? Who's your favorite Will Graham? Yeah, those are all uh, solid solid choices. And uh, who's your favorite Hannibal? Because I'm gonna say Mads Mikkelsen fucking annihilates. That's gonna I know that's gonna be yours. So. So anyway, uh, yeah, so the plot is pretty straightforward. Basically, they bring in uh, Will Graham to try and track down Francis Dollarhide, and he mm -hmm. does so through, like, forensic investigation. Um, so what did you think? Uh, well, it was – I told you last night while we were watching it, it was very hard for me because I – this is now the third – Iteration would that be the right word? Yeah, it was the first this to be made, the but the third one you've iteration seen iteration that I've seen, and I was like, okay. I mean, I was I was actually saying some of the lines with them because uh, I noticed that at one point. At one point, somebody I can't remember I'll, the line of dialogue, you are but like very sly, but so am I. Yeah, you said it with the yeah. movie, and I was like, okay, 
Like, I admit it wasn't like the most inventive line of dialogue, but you <laughs> should not have been able to finish it like that. I know. How did you do that? Well, oh, I've and seen... then I realized it was in the other ones. Yeah, and I've seen Red Dragon a lot. And I, because I, Ray Fiennes, I think is a great Francis Dollar He's so good. Fantastic. Um, Emily Watson also played a wonderful Ruby. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there were parts where I was like, Gah. and there were parts where I thought that Baby Bill overacted um it's not great his his acting i think is a little hammy yeah it's hammy is the good word and i I, I think i think maybe if michael mann had been a stronger actor's director at that time he Mm -hmm. could have maybe coached him to a more realistic place of working through and solving these things and having these emotional outbursts but as is it plays kind of hammy yeah brian cox they just threw him in there and were like Hey, be the incredible, uh, talented British mm-hmm. actor that you are. And he was like, yeah, no problem. Bill, they needed to work with. Yeah. Um, I thought Dennis Farina was fantastic. Um, I love Dennis Farina was a man, the man, I miss him. He was amazing. Yes. Loved him and everything. R.I.P. Um, so I liked the Michael Mannness of it. Mm-hmm. I liked the eighties-ness of it. It's not a word, but I'm making no, it. No, it is. It's it, it is a word for this one. The music the and the vibe and the cinematography are so eighties. Yeah, the book was like the early, early, early eighties. It would have been, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was eighty six and he full on, I mean, oh my god, the everything was white. Everything was white. Yeah, it's all it's all white and like every every <laughs> there's like almost no shots in Graham's house that happened during the daytime. It's all like nighttime flooded with blue bedroom. moonlight and like shadows and vertical slats. And like, it's so and it's, his blonde wife wearing white. Yeah. And it's so atmospheric and it's, it's really stylized. And I yes. think, uh, you know, it was actually kind of knocked for that when it came out at the time, but I think since then it's been reappraised and folks have kind of come to appreciate that stylization a bit more. Yeah. So I also thought, and, and Daniel set me straight. There were some moments where I was like, Oh, that editing is jerky. I, I wonder if they, if that was if that's just the trans the transfer or or what's going on but then i noticed it like way more later on and i was like what is happening with the editing yeah and he was like i think that's intentional and i was like it is really stupid and annoying and i hate it yeah there are there are aesthetic choices sometimes that uh that where it switches to a random slow-mo or you will cut and have several frames missing in shootouts yeah and it's a it's an interesting approach it makes it very jarring but it can also if not necessarily executed well almost feel like a mistake which is which is a problem um i actually want to share it's interesting how i came to this movie because i saw this this was actually i saw this forever ago in like the, the late 90s because when i was in high school i was looking for electives to take in like senior year because they can't just let you have an hour and a half to yourself peace and quiet they're like take something do you have to i'm like whatever so what's the easiest elective i can come up with criminal justice and it was a great class it was actually super interesting. We got to visit the prison and learned all about the criminal justice system. Very interesting. And in that movie, sorry, in that movie, and in that class, they he showed us, the the teacher did, this movie, Screen Manhunter for us. So he got drunk the night before and didn't want to teach. Maybe. But I think he was like, no, it's really good. And I get it. And the thing is, at the time, like late 90s, this was like fall of 99, maybe as late as spring 2000 when I'm, when I'm taking this class, 
you know, I see this movie from 86. It's, you know, 13, 14 years old at the time. And it's very 80s and not enough time has passed. And I was also like a, just a prick. All kids are stupid. You know, did not appreciate the stylization or the vibe of it at all. Like I was just like mocking the music and just like, oh, couldn't get into it. But more time has passed now. And I love Michael Mann so much more. And I really appreciate that 80s vibe and aesthetic in, in a much bigger way. So I saw this back then. And then saw Red Dragon when it came out. Mm. And so I, I really liked and appreciated them both. And what's interesting is about 16 years separates those. Manhunter 86, Red Dragon 02. But a lot happened in that 16 years in terms of movie culture and violence and the way movies were shot and what they could get away with and show and could even be allowed to show you know, on mm. screen. Cause you know, 86 is not long after the PG 13 rating was invented like two years earlier. So, oh. so I mean, Manhunter is, is a, is a violent movie, but like you almost don't see but it's anything. Really not. It is the only blood you see really is the crime scene after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. The only actual acts of violence that you see perpetrated are at the very end in a shootout when the killer shoots a couple of cops and then the killer is shot. To <laughs> death. Michael Mann's like, do you want to see the cop with his brains blown out of his head? Here, let me show you. Here, let me show you now that he's fallen. I was like, why did they show this twice? Yeah. This is gross. So there's there's not much that you see on screen. Whereas when you compare this to the movie Red Dragon in 02, Ooh. oh my God. Like, uh, it's, it's much more violent. It's much more graphic. It's much more frightening visually because think of all the th movies that came out in the 90s that pushed the edge of violence on screen, mm. whether it was in a stylized way like Tarantino, Tarantino or in like a Tarantino. more, even even the more realistic dramas like um, Spielberg, of course, Saving Private Ryan is, is a dead serious drama, but it really pushed the levels and depictions of screen violence yeah. in a very interesting yeah. way. So, so this movie is about the same thing as the one that came 16 years later, but comparatively, it's very tame visually. It's very tame. Who shot it? Uh, Dante Spinotti was the cinematographer. Um, so for both movies. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant who shot Manhunter. I don't know who shot Red Dragon. I will look it up. One second. Dante Spinati shot both movies. There you go. But I still think that uh, Brett Ratner, who is, um, and this is interesting, a piece of shit. A rapist asshole. Piece of shit uh, directed Red Dragon in 02. So fuck that guy. To the curb and back. He's garbage. Anyway. Yes. So what's interesting is the 2002 Red Dragon, uh, even though it's clearly set in the same fictional universe and includes the same actor as Hannibal Lecter, they, I guess we're not comfortable having it stand on its own is just an awesome horror prequel and letting you, the audience, clearly know it's the same Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Like when the story wraps, oh, Hannibal yeah. Lecter's like wheeled down to his cell and they're like, someone's here to see you, uh, some Agent Starling or something from the FBI. And like he like looks into the camera and you're like, oh, like they made it some dumb, teasy, cliffhangery jump into Silence of the Lambs, which yeah. was not remotely necessary and to me cheapened the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought just cut that. Cut those last couple minutes off for a Dragon 02 and you actually got a really good movie. Um, because the cast is great in that one. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Edward Norton, mm. really solid. So, anyway, um, Manhunter, I think, is is um, 
different. And so it's it's pretty comparatively tame in a lot of ways. Um, Francis Dollarhide scared the shit out of me. Scared the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. He's, he's played by a man named Tom Noonan, who is, by all accounts, a sweetheart of a man. Um, and like he's, punch him in the face. he's, he's acted in lots of stuff. Uh, he's a character actor. He's done tons of TV and movies. Uh, he's directed a couple of movies and by all accounts is just like a, a very dear soul, but he's creepy in this as he is the all creepy. get out. He is the creepiest. Okay. So we've got him, him and Ray Fiennes, we've got Ray Fiennes and Thomas Armitage from the show. What's up? Yes. Who is no Richard Armitage. Sorry. Richard Armitage, who is super dreamy and British, and they got him to do the show. And I think that... Oh, that guy. Okay. The I think that the dude that they got for Manhunter is easily the fucking scariest and easily the, the most, like... He, I think he was the perfect Francis Dollar yeah. Hyde. And that says a lot, because Ray Fiennes gifted actor and he's really good in red dragon he is really good in red dragon but he's still uh not i wouldn't i wouldn't toss him i mean i'm just gonna mm-hmm. let's get that cleft palate fixed and, and, you're, uh, and you're good and, but and france Dollarhide here Ugh. real upsetting um real upsetting one thing that i told uh daniel that i really liked a lot about this movie uh was that that i that is not in any of the other so this podcast has turned out to be just let's talk about the three versions of Red Dragon. That's what's interesting. Like how many how many other stories have been, you know, it's I mean, how many other stories that are this niche have been made this many times? Exactly. You know, but um, there's a monologue in uh, Manhunter where um, Bill Peterson's talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Will Graham is talking about uh, Francis Dollarhide and how his dream or as uh, uh, Will Graham in um, uh, Hannibal says, this is my design. design. This is my design. This is my design. So his thing is, what is your dream? What is your dream? Um, this is his dream. And he talks about how uh, it's all about sight. It's all about what he can see, what is seen, what how people see him that kind of thing and the woman that he gets involved with is what blind metaphors i know and i liked that because i thought wow nobody has said that and uh you know he gets involved with this woman really rapidly in this particular um yeah i think the build-up is better in the o2 movie yes whereas this one they hook up immediately yes he's like hi i'm francis dollarhide she's like let's do it Yep. Let's bone, you giant creep. You giant creep. I mean, seriously, Joan Allen, get some taste. It looks like she's fucking an ent from Lord of the Rings. Like, he's just this tall, creepy, weird... His head is so weird. And his... Yeah, and like, oh, just a... Uh, and again, kudos to his portrayal. It's... Upsetting. It's eerie and weird. And upsetting. <laughs> For sure. And um, also, I we had to laugh because the last scene is set to in a Gata Davida, and it they just decided to have it be twenty minutes long. I, I think it actually might be that long. I mean, it's a long ass song. Well, it, it really got to the point where I was like, "How the fuck long is this song?" Oh, you're gonna laugh. What? The album version is 17 minutes. Okay, well then, holy shit. Maybe because they just played the whole song. In 1968, all people were doing was 
getting high and, and listening so. to this. So they're like, let's make a 17-minute rock song. So that's the 60s version of a Dave Matthews song. Basically, yeah. Okay. In Agata Davida, of course, based on the classic Christian hymn. In the Garden of Eden by I, Ron Butterfly. <laughs> No, uh, so it's it's a long ass song and they play quite a bit of it. And it's really goddamn spooky and scary. Like I the I feel Joan Allen's terror in while watching that. Like if yeah. I was a blind woman and I didn't know where I was and someone starts blaring in a in a Gata Davida, I'd be like, Well, this is mm-hmm. it for me. Um And I'll be honest, even if I were fully sighted and somebody started playing that song to me in their house, I'd be like, I think I'm gonna get murdered. <laughs> I don't care um, what what I'm dealing with. Like I'm like, if you put that song on out of nowhere, I think you're gonna kill me. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you impromptu put on 20 minutes of acid rock from the 60s unless yeah. it's to commit a heinous crime upon my person? Can I talk about what I? Can I talk about how much I was irritated by the end? Like the. Yeah. So, and that's something too. Like I'm. I, you brought up a good point. Um, the novel, which I have not read, but you said is more faithful in the the O2 movie. Yes. In the O2 movie. The the conclusion comes down to a showdown at Will Graham's home, which is in the which is the book. Uh, so it it brings that threat home and makes it a really personal, cathartic, you know, finish. Yes. Whereas in this one, uh, it ends with you know Manhunter. Why do you? Call, I keep calling him Manhunter like that's that's his name. Like Manhunter <laughs> is just his title. He doesn't have a name or an agent. Like, can we call Manhunter in on this one? Let's get Manhunter. So. Baby Bill runs in and just tracks the killer down and like they catch him and like that's it. And, yeah. Like his family remains safe. So yeah, it definitely lacked some of the punch. But yeah. Talk about what you thought about that well, showdown. What I thought was so just I mean, I get it. I here I'm gonna, you know, like it's very Michael Mann. I get it. I get why he did it, but I also think it was very stupid. Um, so Dollar Hyde, of course, lives in a super 80s house um glass and stuff everywhere and also did you notice the weird um obsession with space in his house space yes. like mm-hmm. uh, outer space outer space not like not like room space, room space. <laughs> i've got six square feet here yeah, he was really into dimensions i'm putting nothing in it yeah francis um, dollar hide eight people loved carpet um but he didn't eat anybody no he just bit on them that's true. That's true. Uh, Which, again, could have been clearer. <laughs> could have been clearer, yes. Uh, so he has this wall of windows um, looking into his kitchen. And uh, Will Graham is sneaking up on the house. And I always get so annoyed when I see that. I'm like, just walk up to the fucking house. What are you doing going through the woods? And I'm trying to talk to my friend on the thing. And I can't hear me. And, oh, my God. And I'm just, ugh. And so then he gets up to the house and he sees that um, Dollar Hyde is trying to kill Ruby with a piece of glass, a piece of mirror. And he's like, not, not today. Or he does one of his like super cheesy 
uh, things where he's talking to Dollar Hyde, which he does through the whole movie. It's not good. It's just you and me now. That's what you, you wanted, you son of a bitch. Son but like, he's bitch. talking to no one. He's talking to no one. It's really annoying. It's pretty bad. So he says one of his lines, and he runs at the house full speed and th- crashes through the windows. You know how you run through windows and are fine? He now, does that. Don't you think that it would have made more sense to creep up on the windows and shoot Dollar Hyde through the window. You have a gun. You have a gun with bullets that are apparently like super awesome because they took time to explain them in yeah, this one scene that, that I was, was like, this is a stupid scene. I know. They really should have paid that off. Yes. And so, no, he crashes through the glass, which totally fucks him up. Dollar Hyde totally gets the jump on him. It was ridiculous and i was so annoyed it's pretty annoying i was so annoyed that i couldn't stop talking about it yeah it's, Daniel's it's like i can't change the movie i'm really sorry it reminds me i always think of my favorite example of this is the end of mission impossible 2 easily the least of the mission impossible movies it's not even really in the franchise as so much as it is like a weird fan film that was high budgeted yeah and at the end of it tom cruise is facing off with the bad guy and tom cruise has a gun no sorry tom cruise has a knife the other guy's unarmed Mm-hmm. and they're Do like gray. and he's like you know what i'm gonna do instead of attacking you with this knife or using my fighting skills i'm gonna just drop this knife and i'm gonna run at you and give you the like jumping sweep kick from guile in street fighter 2 like how is that your option you were armed john woo why would you yeah just bad idea man so anyway yeah he runs at the window and bursts through at which point the killer sees him and says oh grabs him and just chucks him across the room yeah and like n- knocks him out for a moment and you're like mm-hmm. yeah man you could have avoided Slices that. Slices him across the face. Yeah, you could have avoided that so carefully with the gun they gave you to yeah. shoot the bad guy with. The who then, like, once you wake up, you shoot the bad guy with the gun. I'm like, you were going to do that anyway, you man. Could have, you could have done that without being thrown across the floor and had your face sliced And see, that's up. the thing. Like, I think it would have made sense if, if he would have broken in if uh, he couldn't get a clear shot or if there was something or, like, he had some reason to, like, try and get in the house, you know, like, make it. Make it organic. Make there a reason for yep. him to not be able to use this weapon that he's been yep. given at long distance. So, yeah, it's it's a bit frustrating. It's a bit bit annoying. But yep. um, but he does end up shooting Dollar Hyde yep. and saving the girl. Yep, everything Again, works out. None of this is. It's like a thirty-something-year-old movie. You're, you're part fine. Part of the book. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not a spoiler, but also it's not part of the book. Um. But yeah, like I I think though it's definitely worth checking out i think i think i would recommend it to people especially if you like crime movies michael mann you know or interested in the hannibal Lecter thing and just want to see like a neat version of this because again the silence of the lambs became so popular that overrode the pop culture imagination of what hannibal Lecter was until the show hannibal you know yeah and so this to me is almost like a weird not like a what might have been, but it's like a, it's just an interesting little historical nugget, you know? Well, look, nobody thinks Hannibal should have been made. Uh, Ray Fiennes didn't want to do... Hannibal the show? No, Hannibal the movie. Hannibal the movie, yes. Should not have been made. It's not good. Uh, and, uh, no, Hannibal the show was goddamn fantastic. And if Brian Fuller had been allowed to fulfill his vision... Then we would have had, I think, six or seven seasons. He had it all planned out. Yep. But you fucking mutts don't appreciate good, amazing, brilliant television. Not you people who are listening. You're not mutts. Some of them might be. You uh, Well, you might be mutts. I hope you're not mutts. I'm just saying. Sorry, I've been watching too much Law & Order Criminal Intent. 
And Is that why your insults are like NBC level? Yeah. Like these dumb mutts over here. <laughs> They're always talking about mutts on, on uh, criminal Really? Intent. All the yeah. cops are? Yeah. They, they, it's what they call the bad guys. Mutts. Huh. Yeah. It's kind of like how uh, uh, the FBI calls them um, unsubs. Yeah. Unsubs. 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 Yeah. yeah. They're mutts if you're a cop. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I don't know that I would recommend this movie because I'd be like, hey, are you interested in Red Dragon? Just see Red then Dragon. Then see Red Dragon. Yes. It's not super great, but it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to see Manhunter? Well, you want to see Manhunter because you want to see uh, an edible Bill Peterson. <laughs> yeah. Um, who you want to chew on. I mean, you want to do something with his hair, but all I could think of, no lie, all I could think of was... If I could get Amy Morgan, who is our dear friend and hairstylist, both of us, if I could get Amy Morgan to do something with his hair, which she totally could because he has Daniel hair, mm-hmm. uh, then he would be uh, just a total piece yep. of delish. Um, and of course, I loved him when he was older and uh, beefed out on CSI. Beefed out on CSI because I like him beefy. Yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I maybe recommend is too strong a word. I guess if you're like a Michael Mann fan, if you're a Mann fan, check it out. And yeah. you should be a Mann fan. Michael Mann has made some amazing Michael movies. Made some great movies. Have you seen The Insider? Have you seen Heat? Watch good movies. Have you seen Collateral? Have you seen Collateral? They're fucking watch well, good movies. You've listened to our podcast. Yeah. So um. So this is my second Michael Mann film. It is. Yeah, and I might make it a third because I do want to show you Thief with Jimmy Kahn. That I... would be have Very a cool. love for Jimmy Khan that will never die. He is a dreamboat. Yes. Um I love him old, like old. I love him young. He's one of my guys that I'm like, I don't care how old he is, whatever. And people are like, that's weird. I'm like, you're weird. <laughs> um <laughs> I told you're weird. when Sean Connery passed away earlier this year, I was, first of all, I was shocked because I kind of thought that he was immortal. I mean, I really kind of thought he was Highlander. Sure. Um, And I was like, yeah, I still would have hit it. I mean, I don't care. He was 90. I don't care. Yeah. There are some men that just age that way. And yeah. And I still love them. I think you would dig Thief. It's 81. It's very stylized in Michael Mann. You can see how the style influenced a lot of things that came out of Michael Mann's workhouse later, like Miami Vice. Soundtrack by Tangerine Dream. It's very... Oh, man. It's very good. It's very good. Oh, by the way, I did... Bill Peterson uh, did roll his sleeves of his jacket up in the movie. Mm-hmm. I told Daniel before the movie started, I was like, if this is really a Michael Mann movie from the 80s, I better see some guys rolling their jacket sleeves up. You bet. And you were not disappointed. I was not. Um, let me drop some random trivia on you in no particular order. Drop it. Um, one thing that's also worth noting is the the actor Stephen Lang played the journalist Freddie Lowndes in this movie. Oh, um, and he was also he would also be in the cast with Dennis Farina of the Michael Mann show Crime Story that premiered in the fall of '86. Not long oh. after this movie came out, and if you have not seen Crime Story, I strongly recommend it. It is a really really good TV show and like one of the blueprints for modern serialized drama because back in the day in the mid 80s you were just getting you know killer of the week you know story of the week there would be like some larger arcs that tied stuff together but you know 
crime story was like chapters of a story each time and it moved locations and characters and like was very rich and detailed and really ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. If it came out today, you'd be like, oh, this is a totally normal show. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it came out in 86, I mean, it was revolutionary. So check out Crime Story if you haven't seen it. Um, Anyway, the film was originally going to be called Red Dragon, like the novel. But before they uh, put it out, the year before, a movie called Year of the Dragon by Michael uh, Cimino came out and did not do well. So Dino De Laurentiis uh, also produced that one. And he thought that Dragon would not do well in the title. And also people would think it was a kung fu movie because I think he was kind of generally racist or just easily confused. <laughs> so they decided to call it Manhunter. Listen, there are, uh, t- to be fair to to old Dino, who I love, um, th- there were a lot of, you know, Way of the Dragon, Year of the Dragon, yes. the, the Dragon. I mean, you know, I can, I can I'm not saying. Yeah, exactly. Am I racist? <laughs> um, I wanted to say, can I drop some trivia on you? Hit me. Um, so Freddie Lowndes, played in who's supposed to have this like red curly hair red hair you see uh, played by some schmuck i didn't know in this movie Stephen lang Stephen lang you said that already sorry it's okay um and then the amazing who i miss all the time philip seymour hoffman <sighs> in i mean oh. i mean like can we just Stay talk about away from the drugs kids hoffman was so good that like i mean red dragon <laughs> is just like an elevated kind of B picture genre His picture, voice but like goes real low. But no. Hoffman did so good in everything and elevated everything he did. Yeah, that like he, she's so good in it in Red Dragon. Yes. He's so great. It's he's amazing. And then I don't know her name, but um, Brian Fuller switches it up like he does. Love how he does this. He has uh, two very important characters in the Red Dragon Hannibal. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, whatever you want to call it, in that world, two very important characters. He cha- he changes them from male to female. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Will's very good friend, Doctor Bloom, becomes Alana Bloom, um, in in Hannibal the Show, and Freddie Lowndes becomes a woman. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you, she's even worse as a woman. Like you fucking hate her, and she's like gorgeous and she's amazing. Um, something that I thought was very interesting and, and spoiler, so just cover your ears if you plan on watching Hannibal and you don't want to be spoiled by this. Unless you're driving. Unless you're driving. Just ignore me. Turn the volume down. Um, the scene in Red Dragon where Freddie Lowndes is, uh, taped to an old wheelchair. Oh my God. And bitten, lips bitten off and is set on fire and then, you know, rolled down the thing. Uh, I don't know why Brian Fuller did this. I think it may be I personally and I would not know. So I'm this is total speculation. He does not have it um, be Freddie Lowndes. He has it be Dr. Chilton. Interesting. And I was like, well, hang on, huh? And I think it's because she's a woman. I think it's, I think he thought that people would be like, no. Because it's too horrible? No. Yeah. That's a good thought. I really think people would not be able to handle a woman having her lips bitten off it's, yeah. and then set on fire and, you know, blown. I, that's, I, that's just it's, how it's I It's really feel. grim. And like, you see a lot of it is and cut he's away. Alive. A lot of it is cut away in Manhunter 86, Red Dragon 02. You see a bit more um, and are a bit more in the moment of that killing. 
And because like when the body is set on fire and rolled down a ramp, you see it very briefly in Manhunter, but you see it for longer. And I think he's movement in it yeah, because in Red he's Dragon. Alive. And yeah, whereas they just mentioned in this that when he was alive, but he never regained consciousness. So it's definitely graphic. Like in Red Dragon 02, it is upsetting. Mm-hmm. It is real rough. Mm-hmm. So I think you might be on something. It is grim. It's real grim. Um Anyway, I just wanted to No, that's say, that's fascinating. That that's fascinating. Um, I think it's also interesting that uh, I like when people do really neat research uh, for this. William Peterson worked with the Chicago Police Department doing research for his role. Oh. And uh, Joan Allen, who plays uh, the the blind woman that Frank Stollerhide um, seduces, hooks up with, and then tries hooks to kill. Yeah. She was studied with the New York Institute for the Blind to actually learn how to navigate physical spaces in a more realistic way. Yeah, she um, was good. She, she does a really good. good job. She does a really good job. It's a solid cast. Um, it is oh, a very solid cast. Here's some interesting stuff about how it was filmed, by the way, because um, you wanted to, you mentioned that. Cinematographer Dante Spinotti, and this is Wikipedia. You fucking look it up. Uh, talked about... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be telling you. Talked about you fucking look it Michael up. Mann would use multiple frame rates in filming the shootout at the end. Uh, different cameras recording the scene at 24 frames per second, which is usual, and then 36, 72, and 90. So they could cut between those different frame rates, which gives it that, like that start stop feel yeah um which again i'm not sure totally works or is necessary it doesn't work and i think the fact that you don't see it for the any other part of the movie makes it feel very odd i'm telling you you'll watch this movie and you'll see these random cuts and you'll Mm -hmm. be like wait did wait and i'm so tuned into that stuff now Mm -hmm. that having been married to a film critic for 10 years that i'll see stuff and be like hang on Whereas before, I just would have been like, whatever, I don't care. Whatever, I don't care. Yep. Uh, so it's, yeah, I, I agree. Like, there are some choices in there that I don't know if they work. But you're like, okay, interesting. Um, it's it's definitely, if you, I think if you view it of just like, this is of its time, you know. I'll, I'll tell you what I thought was very cool. The hmm. whole sequence with the with the letter on the toilet paper. The whole sequence going through the FBI where they were like running from room yes, to room. Yes, that's very that cool. That was badass. And and he used, he, you know, the guy had the, the light on, mm-hmm. the purple laser. Mm-hmm. And it was all very, it was, again, very Michael Mann and stuff. But I thought it was badass. Like we got three hours and yep. they're just literally running from room to room, like, what can you get me? Here's right. the hair. Here, okay. Here are the fingerprints. Okay. Here's the, yeah, there's losing it. It's awesome. It's very cool. There's a cool sequence that she's talking about, which is where they are, the guards are doing a check of Hannibal Lecter's cell and they find correspondence between him and Dollar Hyde, the, the killer. And so they were, so then the heads are like, how long can you keep Lecter out of his cell in like the holding area before he gets suspicious? And they were like three or four hours. So they have only a limited amount of time to like, pull as much forensic data and off this as they can and mm-hmm, figure out how mm-hmm. they're communicating and how to get in touch with them and how to intercept these things. And what's really cool is the tension of this sequence is all done through acting and editing. There's no dramatic music. No. There's no even like erratic camera work. It is all just like, we got 20 minutes, we got 15 minutes, we got to go. And mm-hmm. it's really tense and well done and very yep. cool. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I, I think that's also what's neat about the movie is it is really, really focused on that like, forensic investigation and that like crime solving nature of it you yeah. know because again like uh dollar hide and baby bill don't cross paths until the end of the movie yeah very briefly it is all about solving the crime and tracking the killer yeah you know yeah um so yeah it's it's definitely interesting and i, I still say you know 
interesting to check out, especially for Michael Mann fans. Yeah, I mean, inter- yeah, mm-hmm. check it out, mm-hmm. and and really, it will it will make you if you have seen the others, your your mind will start kind of you'll you really will be like, wait, did this happen? And what? How did this? Wait, who's my favorite? What's oh right? How did I loved the for instance, I loved the wife in Manhunter. I did not love the wife, Mary Louise Parker, in um, Red Dragon. Red Dragon. You don't like her in general, though. I don't like her at all. You don't. It's that voice where everything's like super smug and I'm just really awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Stop that. Um, <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. Stop that. Oh, here's something interesting. Um, so, so the book's title and the you know inspiration and the the movie Red Dragon itself in O two. Uh, are because the character of Francis Dollarhide uh, has a tattoo on his body uh, from the William Blake painting, The Great Red Dragon and the Woman Clothed in Sun. Yes, which they don't do and in that's, Manhunter. That's the thing. You see this in Red Dragon 02, and you see it on um, Ray Fiennes' back, mm-hmm. I believe it. It's, it's really cool. Um, what's interesting is they were going to do that in this, but got rid of it. Because this is, again, Wikipedia. Despite having initially filmed the scenes involving Francis Dollarhide with an elaborate tattoo across Noonan's chest, uh, Michael Mann and Dante Spinotti felt that the finished result seemed out of place and that it, quote, trivialized the struggle the character faced. I think they just didn't like it for some reason. So they cut the scenes in which the character appeared bare-chested, reshot some extra footage to replace it. Uh, Spinotti said that in doing so, scenes which he felt he had captured with a, quote, beautiful aesthetic were lost, as the production did not have time to recreate the original lighting conditions. And I don't know if I agree that it would trivialize the struggle. I think it brings it home in, like, that, like, poetic horror way that, like, is so important to the book and the other movie the whole fucking point in the book and in the movie red dragon the and in uh Mm -hmm. hannibal the whole fucking point Mm -hmm. of this creature this man Mm -hmm. is centered around blake's painting and it's about how he's becoming Mm -hmm. um and the red dragon is you know uh, like an alter ego of of his. He even says, "I am becoming" in the letters he uses. Yes, yeah. and and in the um, the book and the movie, he goes to the library and fucking eats the original yep. painting mm-hmm. because That's he right. feels like the paint. He feels like he's being told to kill Ruby, and he doesn't want to. So he thinks if he eats the painting, that that will stop. Um, mm-hmm. He's obviously schizophrenic. Yes. Um, and uh, that will stop the voices from telling him to kill. And so I think they really like mm-hmm. fucked the pooch there with I the agree. like you're taking an enormously important part of the book I and agree. just being like feh. I agree. I think there's a certain um cohesion to the characters issues in the way it was originally presented and the way it was presented in other media that are missing here that make him feel more just like generally crazy creepy you know yeah. there's no like there's no common thread yeah which is a shame i did like the scene visually i liked the scene where um bill peterson 
saw the woman in bed with the mirrors in her eyes and they were glowing amazing and in her mouth and it, it was glowing and it was really it was very well done um it's so it's so good that it feels almost out of place because he's like <laughs> he's recreating the crime I'm sorry this is too good for yeah, this movie <laughs> he's recreating the crime scene in his head and he sees he visualizes the bodies on the bed and like then he starts to be like dollied toward them so he's like moving just like without walking, like like you see Spike Lee move people in his movies sometimes. And like the woman's eyes and mouth are just like reflecting this glowing light mm-hmm. to symbolize the mirrors. And it's so gorgeous and haunting. Yeah, and creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. That's a cool scene. Um, but it seems like overall, I, I think you enjoyed seeing it as like another perspective on this Hannibal Lecter story. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I could, I feel like uh, if, if I was given time and I just like cut out a bunch of names and things i could i could put together the perfect movie with my three sets sure. of characters right. Right. and things um like i said i i cannot recommend the show hannibal enough i can't you love that show i have such a crush on that i made show. it like two or three episodes in and got kind of freaked out i know i need to get back into it i am totally promposaling that show i what Promposal. Where you propose at a prom? You ask somebody to go to prom. It's like the thing that kids do Oh, the do kids nowadays. do that. Yep. Yeah, kids do the things. I'm going to promposal Hannibal. You should promposal that show. Uh, I made it to the one with the bodies turning into mushrooms, and I was like, yeah. nope, 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 nope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to get so much worse. It's uh, <laughs> so fabulous. I know. Uh, they had a guy on, just this has nothing to do with Manhunter, but they had a guy for Hannibal that was specifically there to teach them like how organs would be uh would be cooked would be prepared in like a you know fancy way oh cool which is that's not horrible all fucked up it's so fucking awesome that's the worst thing you've ever said he's like you're gonna cut out lungs <laughs> let me tell you what to do that uh, is... i want to meet that guy and again, Brian Fuller, genius. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. It's awesome. Here's how a liver would really sizzle. Okay, cool. I have to go home now and Look, just bathe and pray. Season three. I want. Well, I say. Say it's season three. I think it is. Yes. 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 Season three the, is set in Florence and Firenze. Firenze, and you see the. Well, we're way off everything, but the Duomo. I mean, it's just spectacular. Also, mm. Gillian Anderson's in it. You can't. She's fucking she's, great. A goddess, sublime, absolute goddess, and um, yeah, I, I, that's my um, <laughs> see Manhunter as like I don't know, see it and then be like, okay, now I'm gonna watch Hannibal and right. see beautiful things. Right, it's like an interesting homework assignment in a way. Indeed. Yeah. So, but okay, I'm so glad I got to show it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Cool. I'm glad. I'm glad I saw it. It cool. was definitely an experience, and I'm not. I'm not like, no. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, do you have a hell yeah for this week to shout out? My hell yeah is vaccination, baby. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pfizer, come on. That's a good one. I don't know where we are with Moderna. I don't know where we are. I don't know what's going on with that. All I hear about is Pfizer. But let's get some old people injected. Let's get my parents injected. Let's get your dad injected. Yeah, let's just start just putting this virus, I mean the virus, whoops, wrong one, putting this vaccine in everything. Yeah, let's just shove it in. Nurses, doctor, everyone. I will, you all listen. Get all, I'm the back of the line. If you're an anti-vaxxer, I'm going to say this very clearly. 
fuck your dumb fucking ass. That's true. Um, you are the dumbest person in the world, and I don't want you to listen to my podcast. Mm-hmm. Fuck your stupid, dumb fucking ass. That's pretty clear. Yeah. Um, everybody else, get the vaccination. Um, I will tell you, and you've read about this. Um, I have a good friend there who is a doctor up in Fort Collins. You're gonna feel like shit when you get it. That's normal. Then you go 21 days and you get the shot again and you're going to feel like shit, but you're going to get both shots because you're a grown up and you don't want to get COVID and you don't want to spread COVID. Yeah. So big ups End to Pfizer for the vaccination mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to see some, we're going to see some improvement this year. I like that. My hell yeah is different because <laughs> um, it's just a movie. I'm political. No, but uh, My Hell Yeah is a shout out. My Hell Yeah is the movie Sound of Metal, which is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, stars Riz Ahmed as a musician who starts to lose his hearing. And that's all I'll say because it goes in so many amazing organic directions. It is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. The characters are amazing. The writing is fantastic. The sound design and sound mix are incredible. That really puts you in this sensory world. Riz Ahmed does an amazing job in the lead performance. Like all, all the cast is great, but he is so good. He's such a gifted actor. He's been great in everything I've seen him in. Uh, I really did not like the HBO miniseries. No. That what? Why I are was you gonna say no. I don't like that miniseries. Yeah, the night of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just sorry. that was amazing. I, I scared the hell out Frightened of him. me. Frightened me. <laughs> I thought someone had run in. <laughs> With a knife. I just didn't like it that much. No, I did not like that show at all. But Riz Ahmed is amazing in it. He's great in uh, Nightcrawler. He's he's a really good actor. Uh, so please see Sound of Metal. It's, I've read really good things about it. See, yeah, see Sound of Metal. It's streaming on Prime Video. It is fantastic. One of the best movies of the year. Um, and if you don't like other stuff, just yell at people. And then they'll, you'll startle them. And then they'll... Yeah. I Well, that's what we do in... Uh... Yeah, if when we're driving, listening to music in the car, and like a song comes on, if I'm shuffling one of my playlists, and a song comes up that she doesn't like, instead of like saying, "Can we skip this?" she'll start yelling. <laughs> no, I just go, "No." Yeah, and that's pretty clear. Yeah. And so I have to remind myself: <laughs> Is someone veering into my lane? Is is the bridge out? No, she just doesn't want to hear this song. And to be fair, some of the songs are not good, but I put them on because they're nostalgic to me. I'm mainly talking about some 90s stuff. Yeah. And I put songs on knowing that they're not good, but knowing that when it comes up, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to Smooth by Rob Thomas and Carlos Santana. And I am going to jump out of a moving vehicle on the freeway. Which you shouldn't do. It's dangerous. Mm. I mean, it's a hot one out there. If it's you like seven inches from the noonday sun. With that song, I'm leaving you. Now I gotta make how, but how would you know? What if I like make it like a hidden track, like twenty minutes after the? Sh- <laughs> Do you see me staring at She's you? She's staring at me in a very, very firm way. Yeah. So to live with me. I do. Uh, but yeah. So just, just uh, let let that be your just tip for the week. Just yell at your partner just to get their attention about anything. <laughs> just yell. Listen, it worked. What was it that your your co-worker said? Oh, yeah. So uh, so uh, one of my co-workers, she has a, a little son who's about 18 months old, and he hates the Roomba. He hates the Roomba. Which I get. I mean, you're a baby. It's probably terrifying. 
and he's figured out what room of the house they keep it in. So he'll go into that room and just yell at it. Just yell. Just he'll find it. It won't even be on. He'll just walk up to it and yell at it because he hates it, which I think is an amazing show of independence and forethought and just saying, like, I'm going to stand my ground. But and doesn't I, he yell Roomba at it or something? No, you yelled Roomba uh, oh. because after I told you that story, you thought it was hilarious. And so then the next time you heard a song that you didn't like in the car, instead of yelling at, you yelled Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> which I thank God I knew what you were doing because I thought you were having a stroke. But no, again, just didn't want to hear Living with me is a treat. It's fun. It's an everyday treat. It's an you adventure. Never, you never know what you're going to get. I mm-hmm. did make him laugh really hard last night. Oh my God, so good. And so I, good. And I will never forget. She, making him laugh is my favorite it's thing the final, in the world. It's the final scene of the movie, or one of the final scenes. <laughs> and they're like, Baby Bill is like walking Joan Allen out of the murder scene because he's killed Dollar Hyde and whatever. Walking him and around just, just, Dollar Hyde. She, he's just like walking her out and it's like somber music and stuff. And Tracy pipes in being like, she's probably like, oh, I fucked that guy. Uh, and I laughed. No, all I said so was, all I said was, he's walking her out and I just went, I fucked that guy. Yeah. And Daniel went it was amazing but it was just so funny and perfectly timed like i imagine because i could just hear you know will graham shepherding this like almost murdered woman by the dead I body she's like oh i fucked that guy yeah it was just it was hilarious and why but that's for another day yeah 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 so okay so uh, there's our shout outs and that's, that's, that's our that's shout outs. our schedule is gonna be awesome because next week is our christmas show yep. and it's my turn and you're not going to fu- don't say a word you're not gonna fucking believe the movie that he hasn't seen that this one is going to make all of you scream like all the women were shocked that he hadn't seen steel magnolias give the man a break okay what dude would voluntarily see steel magnolias at age seven at, no he wasn't gonna see it he loved it we got him he's on our side hooray but this next movie coming up you're not gonna believe and you're gonna be so happy and i am already so happy and and it's gonna be a great christmas show mm-hmm. um so be sure and tune in and um, I will be done with finals, so I'll probably be drunk. Yeah. No. It's <laughs> not nah, just more drunk than usual. Oh, yeah. That's not nice. That's not nice. Not nice at all. But thanks for thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.